Hey, how are things? This is Mark here, and welcome to episode 141 of the Clockwork Junkie podcast. As always, thank you for tuning in. It is much appreciated. Um, as I said before, there is no more guest appearances for the podcast this year, but you can be a guest next year. If you like, just email clockworkjunkiepodcast at gmail.com. My guest on the show today is Patrick Berry. We'll be calling him Pat. That's what everyone knows him as. Pat, how are you? How's it going, Mark? How's things? Not too bad. You're, you're, you're don't look in the best shape there now, bud. I'm doing good now. I'm a lot better than, than I was two months ago, that's for sure. Although, just for... <clears throat> obviously, it's great that the podcast goes around the world. And I, I, I just, for, for anyone that doesn't know, um, Pa is a fireman with Athlone Fire and Rescue, um, the unit here in Athlone. Um, on the 14th of October, he was called out to an area that's not too far from where we live, both of us are at Lone. It's in Mount Temple. Um, the gable wall of the house fell. We'll speak about that in a minute. But, and you can correct me if anything's wrong here, by the way. You had a broke or 11 vertebrae fractures, broken collarbone, broken scalpula, broken ribs, broken ankle, swelling on the brain, and severe lacerations to the tongue and neck. Did I leave anything out? Uh, I think you got it all. Yeah, I think you got it all. Christ. As I said, so I, had a, here, yeah, I said so an edema. That's the blood, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so I had a edema on the brain, so swelling on the brain. Yeah, the broken collarbone. Uh, I must have bit down on my tongue during the accident, so I had a couple yeah. of deep lacerations on the tongue. Uh, my neck got a few lacerations here under the collar. Um, I think I just think you're after freezing there, Wood. Can oh, you're you're back there now, yeah. You're back there now. Yeah. So with the vertebrae, so it was T1 to T10. Every one of them was fractured. So ten vertebrae in a row fractured. Uh, five of them were kind of leaning forward, and a lot of them uh, pieces were broken off them. Um, had some broken ribs on the backside. And then the fibula and tibula down near the ankle was fractured. And the ankle itself, uh, the way the surgeon described it to me was, it looks like your ankle has exploded. So I think that was that was, that was was a lot of them anyway. As I said uh, off air, uh, I'll say it here that we'll need a silver bullet to take them out if uh, all that doesn't take them out. <laughs> we'll have to get a silver bullet to take them out. But... Um, yeah, that's a lot of yeah, stuff. Quite a lot of injury. Did you? Uh, I had yeah, so Nikki on on uh, Facebook, and we spoke a, a small bit there about um. You have a GoFundMe page. We'll we'll go into that more in a minute, and also I'm going to leave a link to that in the description as well. Um, but uh, look, let let's just start. I suppose on that day, the 14th of October. Um, were you at home? Were you on duty? What happened that day? Yeah, so I was on call, but I was at home. Um, Nikki was at home. I think she got a half day from college. And we were kind of in the middle of a renovation at home. So I was there, and I think I just disconnected the oven. And I was going moving out to the to the new extension. Lurcher went off, and I said to Nikki, you know, I looked at her, said I'll be back later, you know. Um, so we got to the call anyway. So it was a domestic house fire. 
of Mount Temple, got their house on fire, you know, jumped out. You know, I, I, I was number one on the branch, so I had the hose and started fighting the fire. And the accident happened then and the gable, whole gable end of the house collapsed outwards on me. And, you know, I didn't see it happen. I didn't see the wall falling or anything. I just, next thing I remember is, is the guy is kind of coming to my aid then. You know, so we arrived as first res responders and then my colleagues were my first responder. I suppose you could look at it that way. And I just woke up, you know, they, they had me kind of under the arms and they were pulling me out from the, the rubble. And I just remember waking up and just, just telling them, don't move me. Um, with the immense pain, I knew I had the back injury. I knew the shoulder was broken. So at that point, you know, I just said to them, stop moving me, don't move me. You know, back is hurt, shoulders hurt, you know, just trying to talk to them. And we were inside, a, I suppose, the rest of the building wasn't safe at this point. So I kind of had to be moved. So I suppose they, you know, they had to get me out of there. Yeah. So it eventually got me out onto the lawn anyways. Um, and then we waited, you know, they done first aid on me. And I think an advanced paramedic arrived first, first on the scene. And ambulance followed after and brought me to uh, Tullamore. So the two things there kind of catch me. The first was when you said to Nikki, you'll be back in a minute and almost two months have passed and you're still not home. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's something that you never thought would happen. And second, what strikes me is, is that you knew, obviously you didn't see the wall falling, but you knew immediately you were really badly hurt. Yeah, as soon as, so I was, I was, um, I wasn't unconscious, they said I was mo moaning and stuff, but as soon as, you know, they, they grabbed me underneath the armpits and tried to pull me, and that kind of, it woke me up, it snapped me out of it, and instantly I started screaming, don't move me, don't move me, my back, my shoulder, so, you know, we're always taught, you know, the spine, and he kind of, you know, see spine, you know, and his spinal injuries, not to move the, you know, the victim or the patient. Um, well, that's why you, I started screaming. You have to move someone, I suppose, then, if the building's not safe and there's a chance it might fall, you know what I mean? You're, it's kind that, of, that it's, was the issue. Yeah, that was the predicament we were in. Assessing this, know, the, the situation, building, yeah. Yeah, the rest of the building was, was still collapsing, so, you know, they got a blanket, you know, log rolled me onto that and, and safely moved me then out onto the lawn. So yeah. well done. they had yeah. to do that because yeah. mm. it was either then, you know, one of them was going to get injured or else, you know, we were all going to get squashed or something was going to happen. So it's nice to know you can count on your colleagues. Is that um, what I said to Nikki? I'll, I'll say the same to you is that like, uh, you know, people rarely think about, um, you know, the fire brigade or fire and rescue or it doesn't really come into their mind and there's a fire and then you're the only thing that comes into your, their mind. Mm -hmm. and, while everyone's running away, you're running to the fire. Um, it's a very brave job to do. It's um, it's not for everybody. Like as I, I, I spoke off air, like my dad was in the fire brigade, the fire brigade when he was younger, and yeah. uh, the the beeper would often go off, and you'd see him running away, and you'd be hoping, I hope he comes back, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, so you so you went to Tunnamore Hospital then. So by the time you got there, um. What was the scene when you got there? I'll assume somebody had radioed ahead and said, look, we have an injured 
um, fire rescue. Yeah. From speaking to the boys, I think the advanced paramedic, he he was uh, in contact with an ambulance. So he was he was first on the scene and he made contact with the ambulance then and asked him how long are you going to be, you know, how far are you out? And whatever length of time it took them to get there, they got there and, and, and got me into the ambulance. And But before that, I think, uh, before the, the advanced paramedic or anyone arrived, um, I was there and I was I was awake and, and all the guys were around me and you know there was a life and death moment. Um, uh, I thought you know in my head, I, my brain just said to me, "You've about five seconds here." Um, you know, sound started to fade out, uh, and just like a, a blanket of calm just came over my whole body and. I, I knew I was dying, you know, and I just was, remember thinking, not like this, you know, not now, you know, I can't believe, you know, I just, I could feel the life force was just leaving me, you know, and some look, you know, roll of a dice and, and, and I'm still here, you know, but I really, it was a moment there lying in that, you know, in that rubble that, I just thought I have about five seconds here and and I'm gonna pass away. You know, it was really it was that it was that life and death. Jesus Christ, yeah. You see, it's, it's that's kind of something that you wouldn't think of. You just think of you get the injury and you're in so much pain and that's all you can think of. Whereas I suppose as you said, inside you there you had a feeling of calmness, whereas you thought, look, okay, I like you thought, and not in a flipping thought, you thought you're, there was a very good chance you were going to die there and then on that day. That's fair to say that. Well, here and then, I'm not, within, within a few seconds, like, because, you know, I think there was, there was multiple firefighters around me that were trying to cut the, the, the BA set. So I had a BA set on me, you know, with the breathing apparatus. Yeah. So I had a cylinder on my back and stuff. And uh, they were trying to cut the straps and stuff to get it off me. To, to lay me flat because they knew I had a spinal injury. Um, so there was a bit of hustle and bustle going on around me and, you know, and then in my mind, I just thought, right, I have about five seconds here um, and the sound just started to kind of fade out. Everything got real quiet. Now, even though all around me there was mayhem, uh, in my mind, everything just started to fade out and I just felt a blanket of calm just 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 came over me and I just got a feeling of regret and then just thinking I can't believe it like this is it from you know this is the end of my story here um and you know then um, things moved on isn't there so, a lot to be said for um being able to count on your buddies um absolutely you know they became my first responders so yeah. Yeah. You know, they, they they were on me like straight away. It was four or five firefighters, you know, straight to my, you know, my my help, my attention. And, you know, one of the guys actually dislocated his knee. He was hunkered down beside me. You know, there was a couple of guys around me. One of the guys holding me, my, my neck, you know, for C-spine and stuff. And, you know, they were aware that the rest of the building was going to come down. And they heard something. Something fell and, you know... Tony went to kind of stand up and run and grab me and pull me as he was running. 
and he dislocated, dislocated his kneecap in the process of doing that. So he actually rode to Tullamore in the back of the ambulance with me with a dislocated knee. So firefighters are made a different stock. Very anyone who runs know. into danger while every anybody who runs into danger when everyone else runs away is made of different stock. Um that's not a question, that's a fact. That's one hundred percent. Um and it's it's a true all like I mean I got goosebumps there when you were saying about when you felt the calmness and all that. That's that's a. I know you're only telling your story, but I literally got goosebumps on my arm when 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 you said it. That hadn't crossed yeah, my mind. Was, I don't know why it hadn't crossed my mind. It was absolutely yeah. life and death. I absolutely believed I was dying, and I I had about five seconds, and everything I told you that that went through my mind. But in them five seconds, and you know, I wasn't. You know, people say, oh, my whole life flashed before me, and it was none of that. It was just blanket of calm, you know, regret. Like, I can't believe it. I'm going to die right now, right, you know, in the next few seconds. And, you know, and I didn't. And I I, I think about that every day, you know. Yeah. I've told people about that, and, you know, I just feel so lucky. Absolutely. Count my lucky stars, like, that I'm still here, and able to able to you know tell the story yeah and uh, talk about it i'll just say well done to your colleagues for um being your first responder and running in and even though absolutely yeah a fire is dangerous anyways but now they're they're running into the thick of it um but it's quite obvious by what you're saying that there was you know, for, them fall on. Me, like, for them to see me like, like for them to see me in that condition it must have been tough on them as well you know yeah been looking at me, you if know, something else fell, it was either falling on all of you or nobody. They weren't leaving you behind, it sounds like, which is... Um, no, they weren't leaving me behind, you know. They heard something, there was something falling. They, they grabbed me, they pulled me, and, you know, you, Tony dislocated his kneecap, and, you know, they weren't going to leave me behind, that's for sure. Yeah, well done, lads. Um, so you you got Tonamore Hospital. That's in the Midlands in Ireland. For anyone that's not from the country, it's um a short ambulance ride. Um, probably seemed long to you because you're in so much pain. But when when you got to the hospital, um, how long was it before you realised how severe your injuries were, or, or, or what, I suppose what happened when you got there first, or the first day while you were there? Well, when I I could remember bits and pieces of the ambulance. Um, when I got to the hospital, uh, Tony, the firefighter that was with me, he said as soon as as soon as we got there and the ambulance door opened, he said there was a team of doctors around me straight away. So I would have been on the table, you know, the 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 wheel table from the ambulance straight up. He said as soon as the doors opened, there was a whole team of doctors around me, and they just kind of rushed off. So I don't remember that. Um, the next thing I remember is waking up inside the MRI machine. Uh, I didn't know where I was. I was just inside this machine. I don't know if you've ever been in an MRI, but yeah, once. it's I don't, you know, didn't like it. Yeah, you know, it's, you know what it's like. It's it's quite small space, and, and you can't see a lot in there. So I came to in there. Um, I found out later actually they brought me. I was brought straight into to resource which is a resuscitation department. So that's where I was brought from the ambulance directly to resus. So I was probably in pretty bad shape uh, leaving the ambulance for him to bring me straight there. Um, 
from resource then it was brought to, to A&E afterwards and I assume then brought down for the MRI scan so it was only in the MRI scan that I woke up and um, so I was inside the machine I came to um, confused didn't know where I was scared I kind of called out I said hello uh, is there anybody there and somebody came across the radio and said you're in Tullamore Hospital you've had an accident at work we're just doing some scans on you and stuff and so then you know I started remembering then you know okay yeah I remember I had an accident you know started to piece it back together and so to finish the scans now during the scan I was probably going in and out of consciousness or I don't remember too much I just remember then a voice then saying your scans are now finished so and then I was on a trolley I think in A&E and they were trying to get me a, a room I suppose up in the orthopedic trauma ward they were trying to get a bed ready up there for me and so in the meantime then to put my my ankle was put into a preliminary plaster of Paris just 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 for the scans and for the you know until the surgeon I suppose could operate that was just done because it was it was broken um excuse me just for support and so I think it was about 2 a.m when I was brought up to the orthopedic trauma ward so uh, I was there then I woke up the next morning then and I suppose I woke up the next morning I was swelling on the brain at that stage so again I didn't know where I was initially when I woke up I kind of looked around um, and I thought I was in a hotel or something I wasn't quite sure I knew there was other people in the room I couldn't see now because I was lying horizontally flat so I, I, all I could see was the ceiling I could hear voices I could see the curtain and for some reason I thought I was in a hotel so I kind of called out and the nurse came over and uh, she explained to me then where I was I was in Tullamore and I had an accident and again I started piecing together so my short-term memory had been affected uh, from the, uh, the swelling on the brain so once she reminded me then it kind of right okay and I remembered again so what um uh, what's uh like from that point how long did it take before you were told or before you felt before you knew if you like that uh the swelling wasn't going to get any worse in other words you weren't going to die from swelling to the brain um that they had they, you are injured and severely injured but you can be fixed how how long from when you arrived there did it take for you to get to that stage? Because I oh, imagine be, uh, I imagine between that time and being being told that you're banged up but we can fix you, um, that whole time must have been a nightmare because I know if it was me personally, um, the thing that would scare me most, well the, the pain, yeah, but the swelling on the brain is the thing that was that would scare me most. Um but how long was it before as I said that they said, look, okay. You're really badly banged up, but we we can uh, you, you'll recover over time. Yeah, well, I suppose when when I got there and I was, I suppose I, nobody was allowed to see me initially. Uh, the firefighter that came with me, he, uh, he wasn't allowed to go with me, and so I was rushed off to resus, and he was brought somewhere, and they probably they popped his knee back in or his kneecap back in, and. So he was trying to get back in to see me then. Um, and he said he wasn't allowed to see me initially. So at some point, uh, he was allowed in. And I think uh, 
another firefighter, Wesley, I think he followed us in the ambulance or he followed on in the Jeep. So he was a, he was in the hospital as well. So at some point the guys got got in to see me. Now I wasn't um too aware of what was going on at this point, uh, with the swelling on the brain. Uh, they said I just kept asking kind of the same questions. I asked, I, I kept repeating what happened. So Tony, uh, the firefighter, he was there with me and he said I just kept saying, What happened? And he'd say, Wall fell on you. And I'd say, okay, right. And he'd say, like, two minutes later, I'd ask the same question again. So he was kind of worried, you know. So I, I, I couldn't, um, with the swelling, I couldn't really grasp any kind of short-term memory. You know, I couldn't hold, retain information at that point. So when I got there, they had done, I suppose, MRI scans. They'd done CT scans. They'd done x-rays. I don't remember a lot of them. The only one I remember is waking up in the MRI. So all the other other scans, I've no real memory of. Um, now they, they had me on a lot of pain relief as well. I suppose when I first got there, because I remember yeah, we were wearing these big heavy boots in the fire brigade. They're nearly like giant Wellingtons, steel toe and their leather and stuff like that. And I do remember somebody trying to pull off the boot um, at some point. And I remember saying to him, no, the, my leg is broke. I could feel the ankle, the foot kind of coming with the boot. So at that point, they, um, they gave me some quite strong pain relief. And, uh, you know, that kind of, kind of, that blitz me out there. I don't remember a lot. Um, so I do remember lying there. Um, and I remember hearing Nikki's voice. So I suppose I was lying there. My eyes were closed. I don't remember seeing much. Um, I was starting to come out of the, out of the you know, fr from the medication were giving me, my brain was starting to work again. And I remember thinking, uh, you know, I felt like I was brain damaged. I knew there was something wrong with the brain because, you know, my, my thought process wasn't working properly. And I remember thinking to myself, am I brain damaged here? You know, because I knew at that point the wall had fallen on me. I, you know, there had been an accident. And I remember thinking, there's something not right here, you know, the brain, you know, am I going to have brain damage? And then I remember hearing Nikki's voice and, and just being elated inside thinking, oh my God, thank God she's here, you know, couldn't believe it, you know, and she came then and, you know, and, and she stayed with me then, I suppose, until uh, I, I got, I got the, uh, the room, you know, at 2 a.m. up in the orthopedic. So she was with me all through the time in A&E. Did it, the um, swelling on the brain, has that gone down completely now? Yeah, so I had a scan, I had a CT scan um, a few days ago, about three days ago, and there's there's absolutely no, there's no brain damage or there's no after effects or anything. They, they said the brain's 100% now, so. Good. It's understandable, I suppose, why you were going in and out of consciousness with the, the body within so much shock from so much pain and the brain swelling and then getting all the, as, as you said, the pain, the, the pain yeah. relief. I'm surprised you're conscious relief. at any stage, you know, but. Yeah, they have you on some serious yeah. pain relief and yeah, the swelling on the brain and I suppose the, the shock and the trauma. So, you know, there was a lot, a lot going on. I think there was a, there was a hematoma in the spine as well, which is a large, a large kind of poolage of blood. And they said that had leaked out through all the fractures. So there was quite a large pool of blood sitting there as well. Um, so, yeah, so I mean, when when I got the room in, in the orthopedics then at 2 a.m., 
they asked Nicola at that point to go home. You know, she couldn't come up to the ward, obviously. So, so she headed home, and then they just pushed me upstairs, and that's when I awoke the next morning, and uh, didn't know where I was. Thought I was in a hotel, and that story, you know, that I just told you there. So, well, that was the first day. One, yeah. So. I lay on my back then, I suppose, for uh, two weeks. Uh, they left me completely horizontal. So I couldn't be risen to eat or to drink or to anything. So I had to be, all my food had to be blitzed down into like baby food. And the nurses had to feed me. But that wasn't really the issue. The issue was trying to eat from your back, like completely horizontal. So trying to eat like that, trying to drink like that. See, as you can imagine, I was only eating small amounts because the food was kind of sitting nearly in my chest. And, um, you know, so I think they left me like that for, I think, one week before they fixed the leg. So, you know, they were worried about the spine. Uh, they wanted to get some kind of, you know, some kind of healing going on here. You know, they put the, the, the full uh, upper body brace and neck brace on me. Basically left me horizontal in the bed for a week and then they said right we come now we'll fix your leg so that's when the surgeon came and uh, basically said to me it looks like your ankle has uh, has exploded you know that's the way he described it and you know the tibia and fibia down there the, the foot has been fractured so they fixed that after the first week that I was there and you know that, that's that's been 100% now ever since you know pretty much at zero pain uh, since the surgery with that so surgeons uh, did an amazing job on, on the ankle and, and the leg well done to the surgeon how just I suppose today as we're obviously recording this a couple of days uh, this is out today which is Monday we're recording this a couple of mm. days beforehand um, just so as we, we find you here now um, the laceration on the tongue and the neck you have already said that the swelling has gone down, but what has recovered or, 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 or what are you still waiting to get done? Yeah, so we're, we're, we're nearly two months out now. So I think the tongue healed fairly quickly. Um, that was probably the first thing to heal. Um, maybe in a, in a week or more, and that was healed up. The lacerations on the neck were nothing major. Um, they healed up fairly quickly. Um, the collarbone, they were, they were going to repair that in Tullamore after about two weeks. But the surgeon, he said he would have had to remove the neck brace, the body brace, and he would have had to tilt my head to the side uh, to gain access to the collarbone. He didn't want to do that, you know, for obvious reasons. Um, he said we'll wait until the spine is more healed and um, when the brace comes off. And if the collarbone hasn't, you know, calcified and healed itself, um, he said we'll fix that so it's been two months now um, you know that's not healing so when I lie down horizontal and I go to sleep at night that knits back so it kind of knits back straight you know the, the collarbone lines up and every morning when I rise then it displaces so it goes from straight to it, it pops like that so it's broken pretty much in the middle um, but you know once it displaces and comes out it's okay, you know, I can use the arm, I can I can feed myself, I can, you know, I can use it for stuff, you know, even though I shouldn't, you can see it's in the sling now, so 
you want me to try and keep it a, a, as immobilized as possible. So, um, so Paul, for, for 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 anybody that's not watching this on YouTube, um, you have a neck brace on there now, but it, it's coming down your chest or it's down to your navel. You said off air. Can you yeah, it's a, it's, it's a full it's a full body brace. So I'll show you where. So it's the whole way down like that, and it goes around the back, and it's it's pretty much um, the same at the back, and that's that's joined to the neck piece. So it all it's all it's all kind of one piece here. So that stabilizes the spine and the C spine, which is the cervical spine, which is the neck oh, up here. So that stops me uh, looking left and right. Uh, this has to be worn twenty four hours a day. Seven days a week, I, I can't remove it at all. So I, yeah. I have to sleep on my back still, um, and that'll be staying on for three months. Um, either way, that won't be removed. So three months altogether, or three more months? Uh, three months altogether. So okay. three months uh, si since the since the injury. Now that's if I don't need the spinal surgery. So they're saying at this moment I have to go back in in two weeks, and they're probably gonna look at uh, perhaps fixing the collarbone. Now they're hoping it, it might, you know, it might calcify this place. So even if it's crooked, they don't mind if it, if it calcifies or if it heals like that. It won't affect anything in the future. It won't affect, uh, you know, mobilization, flexibility or rotation or nothing. It's, uh, the doctor said to me, you know, normally they don't like operating on that, that, that it's they'd rather heal itself than go in and put pins and screws in your collarbone. He basically said to me, uh, out of every 10 operations to do on someone's broken collarbone, one is successful, and the other nine people uh, come back. Maybe the body rejects the pins and screws, you know, they may need further surgeries, different things. So, you know, they'd rather not operate on it, they'd rather it kind of heals itself. No matter what way it heals, if the bones join. Um, you're good to go with that. So, but regarding the the neck brace, then at the moment, um, I'll have to wear this for three months. Now I have to go back in January, the first week in January, and they're going to take standing X-rays uh, without the brace on, and they want to see what way my spine is without support. So, uh, the, the last standing X-ray I done in the hospital, um, I, I had the ten fractured vertebrae. Five of them, they said they looked like they were leaning forward slightly. Um, so, you know, they're worried about that. So, again, they weren't sure if it was, you know, the way I was standing. At that time, I couldn't stand up at all um, on either leg. I hadn't strength. So I was kind of, I was holding on to a bar overhead. And, you know, they weren't sure if it was the angle that yeah. the spine was at causing the, you know, the bend in it or something. So... I have to go back there in January for a you know standing X-ray, and that will determine then if they're going to put in rods or stabilization into the back, which would be you know titanium rods, you know maybe some screws or whatever they're going to do. Now we're hoping not, but yeah. you know, that question about it was that again. I know everyone's wondering this. Like, is it a case, or isn't it a case that? you will make a full recovery, but you just can't put a date on it now because you don't know how well or how fast or how many more surgeries or how well or how fast something is going to heal. But sometime in the future, will you be 
have everything off and be walking around the town for an example and if so is there any timeline on that did anyone speak to you talk to you yeah they can't give you a timeline um absolutely you know i should i should make a, a full recovery which you know i'll be able to get up and walk around you know it shouldn't be an issue now whether i have plates and screws in my spine or not uh, you know or in the collarbone we don't know but you know i'm not paralyzed you know i'll, I'll have no issues in walking or anything like that at the moment i've no shooting pains or anything running down the legs and arms uh, which is a good sign also so you know bet you know well, what, what they'd like to see i suppose is when i go back for the x-rays that you know the spine is straight and i don't yeah. need to operate you know, doctor said to me, who, who wants screws in their back? You know, he said, I don't. So I have to agree with him there. And, um, you know, so, but look, if, if I get there and, and they tell me that the spine is still, you know, leaning forward and, you know, we have to operate, well, then that's what we'll do. So, mm -hmm. but it shouldn't affect me having a full recovery. You know, my mindset is I'm, I'm going to fully recover from this and, and get back to work, you know. That's get back to work. Get back, get back to the fire brigade. Absolutely, yeah. So that's my mindset. Now we, we don't know the time frame, but you know, in my mind, that, that's my plan. You're a hardy whore. You know, so if it takes, you know, six months, if it takes a year, if it takes two years, and I just need to, you know, take it day by day at the minute. Hundred you know, percent. I can't think too far ahead, so I'm literally thinking of tomorrow. Yeah, you can only cross yeah. the bridge when you come to it, and that's the, that's a, a fantastic mindset to have. You know, eventually yeah. you will recover. You don't know when. Um, you can and like you can only deal with one problem at a time. And as you said, you're not in pain. Obviously, you're uncomfortable. You can't turn left or right. You have the harness on. You've. But like you said at the start, man, look, it, it could have been a hell of a lot worse. Look, I was I I was talking to nurses and and, and people in the X-ray departments and and. One girl in particular told me her her cousin had an accident and I think broke uh, one vertebrae and is paralyzed. You know, one vertebrae. And, you know, I have 10, 10 fractured vertebrae and five of them with pieces broken off them. And, you know, how lucky am I? You know, that's, that's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah. You know, so... You know, I'm just being positive, staying positive. But look, I've had some dark days. I've had some hard days um, between Tullamore and, you know, at the moment, I'm in Escarie nursing home here. I've been here now for three weeks, but there's been days that have been really tough for me, you know. Mm. My mood's been, you know, up and down, you know, mainly positive, but there certainly has been some, you know, a mental battle going on here every day, you know. So I never spent much time in a hospital before. Um, I never spent, you know, overnight or any extended period or I was never really injured, you know, uh, apart from maybe, you know, breaking something and being in and out of hospital in, you know, a few hours. So I didn't know that to be such a mental battle as much as the physical, you know. Yeah. But the, the biggest fight from here on, that was actually my next question was, how's your mental health? And like, it, 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 it doesn't surprise me in the slightest to find out that you have up days and down days and anything like that at all. It's, um, I've never been in an accident where I got hurt, but I have had depression for 10 years. 
Um, mm-hmm. Luckily, I got over that. And the only way you can get over it is exactly what you just said there. Some days you live up days and down days, but take every day as it comes. Um, you know, it's, it's the only thing I would say is, look, you can kind of, for whatever it's worth, that if you are having down days, make sure you tell someone straight away Absolutely. on the Absolutely. spot. There's no heroes here, you know. It's, um, no. Mental no, health because you, know, you know, the, the nurses will ask you, you know, they'll ask you every time they come in, you know, how was your mood today? And, you know, and I'd be honest with them, you know, I'll tell them, oh, it's not, you know, it has been great today or, you know, or today was great, you know. So, you know, they're there to help. They're always looking out for you. You know, the, the treatment I got in Tullamore Hospital was, was top class, absolutely. And, you know, it was a brilliant facility. Um, no complaints. I'm an Eskery nursing home here. An absolutely fabulous place. You know, everybody from the staff to the residents, you know, everyone's amazing here. And I've had a great time here. You know, it was... Yeah. considering the situation I'm in so no it's look it's you know you look obviously you'd sooner not have it not having to need to use any of those facilities but it's still good that they're there um mm-hmm. it's great to hear that you will recover at some stage uh, I never even considered um about going back to work I never even entered my mind as, as a question to ask today so it just goes to show what you're thinking like you're you're thinking down the line and everything else that's fantastic um you know, do watch your mental health, man. That's the, that the, that's the big thing. If you look, look like I, I don't know much about much, but unfortunately, I know everything about that. Not everything, but a lot. Um, it's it's a yeah. hard it's a mm-hmm. hard battle to fight, but you're doing the right thing. If if ever you have a bad day, tell someone. Uh, it, it's it's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. But um, I suppose. So, with this GoFundMe, um, as I said, the link is in the description. Uh. This is to make renovations to the house to make it uh, so you can get around while you're at home. Now, I know from talking to Nikki first on Facebook and then to you here that there was renovations being done to your house already and you literally had turned off the cooker, the oven, and you said you'd be back in a few minutes. That was two months ago. You still haven't been home yet. Um, So the house is like a building site. Well, at least some parts of it are like a building site. Um, it's it, it's 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 going to take. I know that the cap on it, it was it was set up by Robbie Bowman, um, who is Nikki's brother. Um, he's a soldier. He's an absolute gentleman. Um, and it was fifty thousand, and, and and that was to do renovations to get the house ready. So when Pat can come back, that at least the thing that doesn't stop him recovering is facilities in his own home. Um. If you're watching this video and you click on the GoFundMe link, I'm, please do that. Um, but if you do do it and it has reached the 50,000 total, I would still ask you to do That was just put there. You can get more. It's um, I think it's going to cost a lot more than that in the long run to get everything done because you're going to have to get in ramps. You're going to have to get bits and bobs. And there's months of this. There's months of uh, recovery to be done. And I, I it, it would... I'd hate to think that one of the reasons you're not recovering as quick as you can is because the facilities is not there. Um, so I, I would ask anybody anywhere in the world, um, we, we have, we have firefighters all over the world. They're heralded as, as a uh, heroes when they run into stuff. Um, you know, let's donate, let's help out. Um, and anyone locally, this man is one of our own. So let's help out as well. 
Um, I know, Pat, that you didn't want to leave the podcast without saying thank you to the people of the town that helped out. So I'm, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that now. Yeah, well, would you believe since the accident happened, um, there's been a, a lot of tradesmen now have been to my house and, um, you know, they've got it to a, a stage there now where, you know, it's it, it was complete business like, but it's wheelchair friendly now. So, um, you know, it was poor Kirby construction. He came down and helped out Aaron Mead, local carpenter. He's been down at the house. Um, Robbie Bowman, Nikki's you know brother, he came down, plumber. Uh, Joe Cribben, plumber, came down, helped out. Um, Mark and Brian Mullins, Tyler's, they came down, helped out. Um, uh, Emmett Fox, electrician, he came down, helped out. So uh, the boys are after getting it to a stage there now um, where I can come home, you know, and then the rest of the work I suppose could be done while I'm while I'm there, but yeah. you know. Uh, Anthony Doyle as well uh, he done concrete first out, out the back and finished out off that area now hopefully I haven't forgot anybody but um, yeah. you know regarding the GoFundMe you know um, it's unbelievable the amount of people you know that have reached out um, local people you know I see donations from, from, from America, Canada you know all over the world you know the amount of people on Facebook um, that done like bonus balls, you know, uh, raised money, done fundraisers, you know, local businesses around the town, you know, that done fundraisers for me, pubs, you know, tattoo shops, salons, you know, there was bakers, you know, multiple people, you know, I don't want to name anybody because I don't want to forget people, but, you know, there's been just so many people, um, I just like to thank you so much. You know the, the pressure that it's going to take off me and my family. It, it, it's unbelievable. Uh, you know, thanks uh, a lot. It's great to see people coming together when, like, obviously, no one wants to see anyone getting hurt. You got hurt by a freak accident. You're extremely injured, and you have a long recovery, as you said yourself, both physically and mentally. And you're willing to do that. You're even looking forward to getting back to work, which is looking incredible if you ask me um and then people are helping out and it's there people are always talking about oh isn't the world gone to shit and people don't care about people anymore if you believe the news every day that's what you hear but that's not what i'm seeing on the street and it's certainly not what i'm seeing um with your story i'm seeing people reaching out and helping and being friendly and um because people know deep down that the fire services are one of them like it's not for everybody. There is a chance of getting hurt, mm-hmm. and it does happen sometimes. And this, unfortunately, was a time that it happened. And people want to help, you know. And it's good to see people that they want to help. Um, Absolutely. I look- you know, when I was in Tullamore, you know, in Tullamore, and I was, you know, at that stage, where, you know, broke up, you know, um, and when they seen, when I started seeing all the love, and you know, you know, the, getting messages, and 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 you know people mailing me and next minute I started seeing fundraisers and, you know, the GoFundMe set up and, and it just raised my spirits, you know, and it gave me, it gave me a lot of strength. It gave me a lot of positivity and mm. it kept me going, you know, and, and, you know, it still keeps me going and it's, it, it's driving me on. 
yeah. drive me on to, 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 you know, to make that recovery and get back out there and get, you know, get back at it. It's, it's, it's nice to know that a lot of people have your back. Um, and they most certainly do. Um, I'm going to leave it there. I, 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 I don't want to keep you too much longer. Um, thanks for coming on. Um, but I expected to see this story on the Late Late Show, to be honest with you. I didn't think you'd be on the Cat or Junkie podcast, man. I thought you'd be on the Late Late Show. <laughs> no, I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation, Mark. Uh, yeah. Uh, appreciate you having me on. Thanks. Thanks. No, no. I, when I spoke to Nikki on Facebook, a lot of people sent me messages saying, um, "If anyone hasn't seen it, I spoke to past fiance Nikki on Facebook. I didn't put it up on YouTube. It was just on Facebook for mm-hmm. what happened and 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 this that and other. But I got a lot of messages after that saying, "How is he now? From different places around the world." And I always say, "Well, I'm not 100 sure, but I'd send them the link to the GoFundMe, and I, then." It was me that reached out to Pat and said, would you like to come on? I didn't think, I didn't know how you are mentally or physically or whether you do it, whether I knew that you would want to say thank you because you even texted me mm-hmm. one night for when I had Nikki on saying thanks. And like, yeah. I, think I went to the toilet and I come back in and I just turned on my phone, which you should never do. And I turned the internet on and there was a message from you and I texted you back. So I said, I was thinking he's probably awake now in pain. And he just happened to send that message. So. We sent one or two messages back then, so it was kind of something on the back of my mind that yeah. I I knew that there was people that mightn't have seen the thing with Nikki. And if, if anyone from that listens to the Clockwork Junkie podcast, mm-hmm. um, I I I would say, you know, go go to the GoFundMe, donate anything you have. There's nothing too little, absolutely nothing. Um, and and and, and with Pat, thanks for everyone who's done it so far. Who set it up? The town has been amazing. Um, the people outside the town have been amazing and as you said people from around the world have donated um, mm-hmm. look man we wish you speedy recovery um, hopefully I can be talking to you on the podcast next year and maybe you won't have anything on you at all and you just have to run on that marathon hopefully <laughs> I'll do a cartwheel I'll do a cartwheel something down the room or something okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm already in training you're already in training yeah Alright, cheers man. All the best. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it, bud. No problem, brother. No, no trouble at all whatsoever. All the best, guys. Bye bye. Yeah, good. Bye.